this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Dan Miner, a reporter at Buffalo Business First and someone who's been covering the tech and entrepreneurial ecosystems complete revitalization over the last nine or ten years. Dan does great work and just launched Buffalo Inno along with the Beat newsletter, which you should certainly sign up for to get all your Buffalo economy information. Thanks so much to him for his work and his time joining us on the podcast. And thanks to you for listening. It's a good one. Buffalo native, um, you know, went to Ntrip and then Geneseo and embarked on my uh, journalism career, which um, led me to a couple of uh, local daily newspapers in the region, including the Tonawanda News, uh, which I must say, rest in peace, and uh, the Niagara Gazette. Uh, my wife and I moved to Utica in 2008 and then did a very typical sort of boomerang uh, sort of psychological thing where we were looking to start a family and really wanted to get back to, um, you know, get back to our hometown and near our own family members uh, with the uh, with the idea, which proved true that grandparents save lives. Um, <laughs> so I pastored uh, then business first uh, editor Jeff Wright um, incessantly until he finally gave in and gave me a job. And uh, that was in about 2012. So uh, I've been at uh, Business First ever since. So what got you interested in in journalism in the first place and kind of brought you down that path, which then, you know, leads to a job in Tonawanda, Utica, now Business First? Yeah, um, you know, I, I wasn't a great college student or even a very intentional one. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, I liked reading and writing. Um, and, uh, that, that led me into being an English major, which is a, a pathway to a whole bunch of things I didn't, uh, end up wanting to do like being a teacher mostly, uh, or a lawyer. Um, I, I was fully done with school in 2005 and remained fully done with school. Uh, I think I feel like for the rest of my days. So what do you do? You kind of graduate and, um, and, uh, uh, look around and journalism seemed, you know, sort of experiential and fun, um, and not, not academic or theoretical. Uh, it felt like it was something that could sort of uh, play into my strengths and my interests. So, uh, so it took a it took a while and took some internships, unpaid internships. One uh, one unpaid internship in California, another uh, in Manhattan. Um, and what I sort of learned along the way was that the reading and the writing is kind of what you do at the end of it, and it's it's important to you know to be able to express yourself and communicate. Um, but the the, the daily process of collecting people's stories, you know, learning what they're about, uh, of challenging yourself, of, of finding yourself in um, situations that are uh, kind of awkward or where you're trying to extract some, uh, some bit of data or information that others don't want to tell you um, is, a, is a valuable way to sort of live your life. Um, and so I kind of fell in love with it, uh, the side of it that I never really anticipated. And, um, you know, uh, it stuck with it. And um, it's been a, you know, the industry is uh, sort of in some ways sort of crumbled around me through from 2005 to 2021. Uh, you know, I think anybody who survived during that time really had to be sort of dedicated to the dedicated to the craft. And, um, and I always have been, you know, there, there, there haven't been a whole lot of other things, even as my life has changed that, that I've considered besides journalism, I think it's sort of uh, maybe inherently kind of uh, what I am. 
Well, so you moved here, moved back here in 2012 with Business First, and you've covered, you know, a whole bunch of things. And, and Business First as a publication, you know, obviously innately covers kind of all of our economy, and you've kind of done the same in your reporting. One of your kind of larger beats that you cover, and I think that you more focus in now, and what I think we'll most talk about is that tech and entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, you know, so it sounds like you kind of found yourself into journalism post-graduation, specifically within that beat. Like what was your, you know, obviously the the ecosystem has changed a lot since 2012, but how about yourself, like your education and kind of on the ground learning within tech and entrepreneurialism, you know, did you kind of grow with the ecosystem and kind of what was your, what was your education on the fly, I suppose, within that? All right, let me answer that by taking you back just a step. So I mentioned that I worked at uh, daily newspapers. I, I worked um, basically municipal beats at the Tanawada News, at the Niagara Gazette. And then ultimately, I was a city hall reporter in the sort of bare knuckle uh, political environment of, of Utica. Um, so a lot of that coverage uh, leads to sort of urban affairs and a lot of sort of traditional um traditional writing about the trajectory of those communities. And I think what that led to, that leads almost everybody to in this region and within those jobs is sort of covering the nodes of Rust Belt decline. Um, and uh, I'm not gonna say that it's depressing, but in some ways it just sort of becomes rote and, uh, and um, kind of mechanical. Uh, not that you know, covering the, the, the direction of a community and being realistic about it is an important work. Um, but it felt like uh, I was sort of telling a, a story that it was sort of at its end stages, you know, that these, that these communities, what was happening to these communities had already sort of, the, the, the formative dynamics had already kind of been created. So when I moved back to Buffalo, I was looking for a way to describe the place I lived in and wrote about. Um, uh, but, and to be realistic about it, but to do it in new ways. And what led me into technology and entrepreneurship was in focusing on a generation of young professionals and really trying to, to uh, describe, uh, describe their ambitions and um, their sort of, the sort of way that they define themselves as professionals. So, um, so I really just started uh, kind of one by one without calling it a beat yet. Uh, nobody covered tech entrepreneurship full-time uh, in Buffalo in 2012, um, focusing on young people who were starting interesting projects and um, really just like, like being the summarizer of these people who were um, kind of defining work in different ways, but didn't have an outlet yet. And I think that's kind of where I found my early audience. And, and I think where people were interested in my stories was the novelty of it. You know, oh, I didn't realize this was happening in Buffalo. And, um, you know, it, 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 business first. Um, the idea is that you're uh, collecting information, that you're doing uh, proprietary research, and um, and uh, the outcome of that are stories that are business intelligence. You know, so I'm trying to to describe what's happening on behalf of the people who are doing business here, um, who can take my stories into sales meetings or use them as business prospects or use them at a networking event to make themselves sound smart. And being able to describe what young people are doing uh, is a, and how the world is changing is, a, a, I think, a powerful tool. And so that's where a lot of that came from. 
Yeah, we'll talk about, you know, in a bit, the the changes that the ecosystem has seen. But, you know, while we're on the topic, you talk about covering, you know, kind of Rust Belt decline. And that's a popular narrative, especially at that time. Now it's somewhat the reverse. And obviously you're responsible for that here in Buffalo. Do you ever, you know, it's a balance because you're a journalist. And like you said, you have to, you're telling a realistic story. You're not a marketer for the region like myself, but do you feel, you know, do you ever, not a responsibility, but look back on like the role that you've played in, in improving the ecosystem, because, you know, part of, part of building an ecosystem is telling the story of that. And, you know, you're kind of only as good as, as the story you're able to tell and what's kind of written about you. Do you kind of ever think about your role in the transformation? Uh, I don't, I don't think about it too hard. You know, I, I mean, there, I think there have been uh, times when my coverage has made a difference and that gives me great satisfaction. Um, but, you know, these things are, are fluid and subjective. Who, who has an impact on what? And, um, you know, so like if, if there's a, if there's a legacy for my coverage and, uh, you know, helping sort of people realize that there's a community here and drawing attention to it, then, uh, you know, th- there's some pride there. But, um, you know, I think that like, if I'm being fr- pretty honest, the world was changing this way. Um, you know, the, the generational business paradigms were changing in very substantive ways in the tens, you know, um, coming out of the recession, uh, which really was like the formative event for, uh, a lot of young professional, you know, millennials and, um, what, like people who would watch the Facebook movie and who'd been on social media and, you know, like this new thing was happening. Uh, and so like, you know, I, I, I couldn't take, uh, a, a whole lot of responsibility for that other than sort of helping people understand it and, and maybe define it over the years. Let's talk about that change then, you know, your, your time with business first and back in Buffalo kind of, it almost perfectly mirrors that kind of growth trajectory that we've had. So from your vantage point as a storyteller and as someone that kind of was one of the first to start telling those stories of young people doing interesting things or, or different things that people didn't think were happening here in Buffalo, you know, from your vantage point, what's, what's most changed or what's the biggest difference to you in covering Buffalo from 2012 to 2021. And you cannot answer, um, you can't use pandemic as an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Happy not to, we've done plenty of talking talking about COVID over the past 18 months or so. So um, listen, the uh, um, there's been a lot of change um, and you can kind of tackle that question, but uh, through um, through different kind of perspectives, depending on what you're focusing on. Um, if you're going to just take the absolute top level, then there's just a lot more volume. Um, there's a lot more young people um, doing a lot more uh, growth stage uh technology companies or tech adjacent companies. And, um, in some ways this is a volume based game that, you know, uh, not a lot of companies don't make it to their final ambitions. Um, and you know, if so 10% of a hundred companies is a lot more success than 10% of 10 companies, so to speak. And so, um, so there's definitely more, uh, more entrepreneurs here there's more capital to spend on them. And there are more, um, there's more institutional support from 
the creation of uh, like, you know, government backed um, initiatives that have been very effective, in my opinion, at least like 43 North to um, the attention of the philanthropic and private sectors in Buffalo, who traditionally, you know, were kind of, you know, in their own backyard, kind of, uh, instead of community building, like maybe they are, are, are now. Um, so I don't know, that's not that well fleshed out that last point, but certainly the foundations and, and private sector companies have taken notice of the startup community and invested both the people involved and those as companies. Um, so, so along the way, uh, what's happened is that there's been sort of a natural momentum, just as there has been in cities across the country where young people are interested in entrepreneurship and, um, you know, taking, uh, taking advantage of the opportunities that the, um, that, you know, the economy affords them, uh, these days, nationally speaking, um, in Buffalo, there's been, what I would say is a, uh, um, a coming together a sort of a communal vibe about it you know where a, a lot of the not everybody is swimming in the same direction but um a lot of the a lot of the business community has kind of come together first kind of as a hobby and and, and more more recently kind of more seriously because there's a lot of money to be made here and um that's that's kind of presented outside of buffalo's borders a narrative or a story that other cities of Buffalo sizes haven't told as cohesively. And a story is a powerful thing. A regional story is a powerful thing when it comes to startup technology. It's what helps bring corporations in and it's what helps recruit individuals to the companies here. And so I think, you know, uh, bu Buffalo um, incrementally through a lot of hard work, through some failures and missed opportunities, has kind of learned what its position is in terms of in the national startup economy. It's been really sort of efficient at describing it. Um, and so I think that I think those sort of those various things have all sort of come together and contributed to this sense of of momentum, which I definitely feel despite the uh, despite the thing that's happening that we're not talking about right now. What is you know those are a lot of um you know, a, a ton of positive things that have happened within the city. And, you know, you mentioned 43 North, uh, you know, there's obviously like ACB auctions being a massive success. You know, that's, that's an obvious, like big story that kind of changed the momentum or at least, you know, really expedited it to you. Like, is there a, a one or a handful of stories that you have covered or, you know, you think that don't, Get enough attention or haven't along the way for like having a, a bigger impact than it's maybe given weight to kind of in this transformation so i think that one of the um one of the things that is kind of happening that isn't part of the popular narrative yet like 43 north has gotten a lot of attention and i think people by now sort of understand that acv auctions and some other companies maybe like maybe like even circuit clinical have maybe sort of captured the popular imagination around here. Um, but the, uh, th the companies that, that aren't homegrown, um, but have come to Buffalo, Odoo, uh, Kiklo, some of the 43 North companies that are, um, sort of strat, uh, you know, 
uh, here, but in other regions such as Squire or High Operator, the the um, the context for what those companies see in Buffalo and Buffalo's continued like uh, the continued need for Buffalo to show a value proposition to these companies, which how much we capture of their growth um, is uh, directly related to you know what we can sort of offer offer them. Um, I feel like isn't told as cohesively. So, I, and I'm kind of rambling here, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is that uh, this is a city that offers affordability and access, um, but doesn't have the same, um, like, uh, same talent pedigree or volume that some of the bigger places have, or the, or the, uh, maybe the, like, the sexiness or the, uh, you know, amount of funding. So, can, so um, I would say that like these these stories have that have sort of been um, you know maybe not in the kind of like the A list of tech startup companies. Uh, I, I've told them all individually. It might be more helpful to break them down individually um, about sort of what Buffalo offers them and what it still needs to prove to them. Um, it, you know, th th these are interesting early anecdotes to me because that's all they are. Like I tell this story about Buffalo going from a seedling to going to a legit startup economy now and people go, oh, that's an optimistic story. And sometimes I forget to add that there's a, a really long way to go. This is still just a fledgling movement in terms of numbers. And, um, you know, I, I mean, when I'm writing about a million dollar or to $10 million round every week, um, that's when we'll know that the flywheel is uh, is turning, and that's that's not happening yet. Uh, there needs to be more people moving in here, and there needs to be more companies starting here. And uh, we need to look at the companies that that are sort of like the the uh, the early anecdotes of that, and try and figure out, you know, what they're um, what they see in us, and what we risk in that, you know, in that fulfilling those ideals that they saw in us when they chose us. Right. Well, and you mentioned Odoo, which is a perfect example. And Nick's been on this podcast. And, you know, I think that there, there's obviously people that have put in a lot of work to growing the ecosystem. But when someone from without of it, and he's from Buffalo, but from without of it chooses Buffalo, I think that kind of stands as a, a validation of the business case and a lot of the things that you know, you've mentioned that folks have worked hard to build toward and, you know, like you're saying, they'll, they'll kind of be the, the stewards or examples for, for more to come behind them and opening doors for others to kind of continue to choose Buffalo or at least consider it. Yeah. And it's a fascinating case and it's, it, it, it you know, it's, it's a story that's still being told Odu. Um, like, you know, this Nick got a, a personal meeting with Renee Jones um, when he was considering when he was selling Odoo to his, um, uh, you know, to his bosses. Um, so for people who aren't familiar, Odoo is a global uh, uh, business management software firm that chose Buffalo er, uh, early in 2020 for its East Coast headquarters. It's got a or East Coast hub. It's headquartered in Belgium. So it's got two hubs in the United States. One is, is in San Francisco. One is in Buffalo. And they've got like at least 70 employees now in, in their new office in Seneca One Tower. And there was, uh, as, as Nick, a Western New York native who leads the local operation, was, uh, was um, considering where to put that East Coast hub, um, that he, he received this sort of full court press um, in, in selling Buffalo, uh, s selling 
uh, Buffalo, what it can offer Odoo. Cost of living, you know, um, accessibility. Like I said, this this guy who who hadn't hired a per, single person yet was getting access to all kinds of high level business leaders and talent. And so they set up shop here and they got, you know, they, they became part of the start of New York uh, program. And now they have a sparkling, beautiful office in Seneca one tower, but the story is not finished yet. And, you know, uh, the, the question now becomes Odoo, which competes on a global scale and is a, just a big name <clears throat> in business management software. Um, will probably hire as many talented technology and business people in Buffalo as it can find. The question is how many people can Odoo, you know, find? And that's a, that's a big question. I mean, the technology workforce is tight everywhere, but uh, there are some concerning sort of uh, uh, demographic uh, pieces of demographic information in terms of how many people are going to be available here for all the opportunities are going forward. And, you know, it's kind of like people get bored talking about workforce because it's like, a conversation that has never stopped going back decades and probably even centuries. But um, it's a, it's a really, it's a fresh and important point here when it comes to the technology economy. I feel like anybody who's, um, who's uh, a good candidate, you know, anybody who's interested in technology and has some skills could get a job here now and definitely will be able to grow going forward. Um, the the um, in in some ways it's less about creating the opportunities as it is about creating the candidates, and that drives a lot of decisions um, for companies that that uh, well I mean you guys know as somebody who uh, invests Buffalo Niagara who um, who helps companies site their businesses and places you know the the um, the availability of talent is a big issue, and so circling back to Odoo. Um, you know, if Nick wants to hire 500 people, how fast can he find them? You know, because uh, in, in hotter tech ecosystems around the country, companies are moving in with, you know, $50 million Series B rounds looking to hire a couple hundred people like that. This is our own little test case. And I'm really interested to, to, to see how it goes. And, you know, you're talking perfectly too about kind of the, the thesis or reason behind our Be in Buffalo campaign as well, you know, attracting more talent to the region, that young tech talent, you know, finance talent, engineering talent, you know, Odoo, perfect example, but beyond that um, is kind of a way to kind of further and true economic success. And, you know, the census a few weeks ago, Buffalo and Erie County, both growing for the first time in decades is a really important step. And I think there's a lot of, you know, work to be done. And, and a lot of the stories that you tell are, are some of the messages that folks around the country need to know that there is that new Buffalo and that, you know, maybe if they grew up here and left, they thought there wasn't an opportunity for them. You know, I think we both agree there are those opportunities for them now. And, and it's getting that message out and getting folks to either move home or consider Buffalo that have, have never been here as well. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like, you know, it, like I sort of circling back to why I covered this in the first place, like this is a new story. You know, the fact that Buffalo uh, is growing compared to the Buffalo that we knew when we were growing up, um, you know, is just like such a, so contradictory to the way that people thought about this region for so long. Um, but like it, it's, it's very modest growth compared to lots of regions that grew a lot further. So, you know, Buffalo is doing great relative to its own moribund history. 
And it's just a platform to start creating new opportunities. And if, if we don't, uh, the people who are involved in this ecosystem don't, uh, you know, don't take this ball and run with it even further and, and have this sort of the psychology that like you just ran what the first mile of a, of a marathon, um, then like, this is no time for, for back padding. You know, this is a time to, to execute on, um, you know, all of the infrastructure that's been, been put in place. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that momentum and, you know, you and I agreed not to talk about the pandemic, but I think that obviously stilts some things, but, um, I think folks feel, you know, with each new announcement and each new Dan Miner story that comes out, I, f- I think people feel energized to, you know, not spike the ball before the end zone, but to keep pushing that momentum, keep telling our story as well of the successes that we have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely the conversation has changed and, um, you know, those conversations are, uh, uh, are an outcome of the, um, you know, of the story that Buffalo has been able to tell about itself. Um, but also the legitimate successes, you know, this isn't like a, like a false narrative or like taking one anecdote out of context and, and, and calling it a success when it's really not, you know, I mean, like you, you can, you, you, you know, you're part of something here. If you're in Buffalo, you're part of something, uh, that, um, is sort of, uh, budding. And, right. um, you know, that's, that's an interesting time. I mean, it's the most interesting time, right? Because it, uh, once, once you hit that from, from here to, to where the flywheel is really spinning and all of a sudden you're recognized as this kind of, you know, um, uh, surging entrepreneurial hotspot, like this is where the opportunity really lies. You know, this is where people can come in and make one person can make a big impact. You know, one company can make a big impact in Buffalo. We're still just talking about these, you know, uh, the Odoo's of the world is things that we can count on, you know, one hand or two hands. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's a, there's my view is that despite plenty of business challenges in New York state and even in Buffalo, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity here. And I, I'm going about my day trying to find the people who see that same thing and trying to explain what opportunity they see and telling other people about it. And that leads perfectly. One of the vehicles that you're now using to tell that story is Buffalo Inno. I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about, I know you launched maybe a few months ago now, but to our audience, tell us a bit about Buffalo Inno and your work there. Yeah, thanks. Um, So Buffalo Inno probably best be described as Buffalo Business Firsts, uh, a brand of journalism that sort of focuses our startup content. Um, So it does have its own landing page. Uh, our homepage that, you know, you can check if, if you're the sort that uh, sort of surfs uh, web pages like that. But um, the, uh, the primary way that we hope that people digest this content is through a weekly newsletter, um, which you can sign up for uh, on, the, on the Buffalo Inno um, page. I don't know if you have like a notes section. Maybe we can include that. Uh, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's, it's a lot of the stuff that I've already done. Uh, are always have been doing for the past couple of years, funding announcements, feature stories of important people. But it does, uh, there is a bit of a change in direction in that we're looking under every hood for every change maker that we can find and um, really trying to describe who they are, where they came from and what they're doing uh, with all with an eye on explaining the opportunity that these, they see. And hopefully the, the business the stories themselves are opportunities for our readers. 
Um, the cool thing is that for now, uh, you know, is um, free. Uh, it's not paywalled. So, um, you know, uh, people can, uh, can check out all these stories uh, without subscribing to Business First, although you should do that too. Um, and um, yeah, so sign up for The Beat, our weekly email. I promise it's not another, uh, you know, it's full of original research by me. Uh, for people doing business in Buffalo, it's not a it's not a useless newsletter that will just go to your spam and that you'll never read. And um, yeah, uh, we hope that people get a lot of value out of it. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the launch. And one of the you kind of get to um, I don't know have a little bit of fun with your voice at least within the the Beat newsletter, which I've enjoyed personally. You know, reading some of your anecdotes and even I forget what you title it, but kind of that the random thought of the of the weekend there. So have you had, you know, just enjoyed personally kind of the launch of that newsletter and trying to build a brand kind of, you know, behind your voice? Yeah. Thanks, Greg. I mean, if you go to Maine and you see something called a fishing spider, uh, you, you, you want nothing more than to tell other people about it. So, uh, if, if, uh, my Buffalo Inno newsletter has uh, given me an outlet for s- short personal anecdotes, then, uh, you know, uh, that's something I've enjoyed as well. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, we always end on a couple hard-hitting journalistic blizzard round questions. So you'll you'll be perfect at this. Um, so first, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? I'd be Loganberry, but you can't get Lake Effect uh, Loganberry at Wegmans anymore. So we need this uh, uh, pandemic that shall not be named to end so that our favorite things are available um, in stores. Did you see that? Uh, Lake Effect is not making... Um, uh, their ice cream only for their scoop shops anymore. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And, uh, so you can't, you're not going to be able to get it at supermarkets because of all the supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in our house, we destroy Lake effect, Loganberry ice cream. It's, it's the best. So I love their, uh, I think it's red velvet Paula's. Oh yeah. Collaboration. ice That's, cream. That's stuff. incredible. What's a book or TV show that you'd recommend? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, a book or TV show that I would recommend. Um, uh, my wife, I'm here in my, everybody, uh, in my global headquarters slash bedroom. And my wife is, uh, my coworker who works at Lums and McCormick is, uh, laughing at me, hemming and hawing over here in the corner, distracting me even further. Um, okay. Um, uh, what did we just get a, well, we just, we just finished watching mayor of East town. Um, so, uh, that was a solid entertainment on, on HBO. And, uh, if you're looking to fill up, a uh, you know, a rainy autumn day, uh, evening, I would suggest that. I thought you were like looking off screen at a, at a bookshelf or something to see what you most recently read. <laughs> I've got, so I'm going to hang up and I'm going to re- I'm going to remember 10 books and 10 TV shows, but, uh, you know, you, you, you got me on the spot here and I blanked. <laughs> How about, um, which do you prefer bills or sabers? Uh, I, I was a hockey player, uh, a member of the Wheatfield Blades uh, Junior B um, alumni. They're probably defunct now. But uh, yeah, so uh, for Sabres all the way. How about text or phone call? Um, phone call. Because I, 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 I was a journalist. I'm old enough to be a journalist um, in the uh, days when we had phone books. And I loved watching the uh, veterans flip through with their fingers and just like find people's home numbers. Uh, so yeah, I'm that guy. I don't mind picking up the, picking up the phone and, uh, you know, getting the feel of the thing. How about hiking or skiing? Oh, uh, hiking. 
Viking, yeah. I didn't. I was a hockey player. I didn't have time to ski. And last question, most important, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Uh, drumstick. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time and you know all your all your work for Buffalo and and the region as a whole, the ecosystem. We obviously appreciate your your work and and you joining us here for the podcast. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me, and uh, nice to talk to you. privately funded, nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.